Welcome to Disc Integration. This is your host, Tim. This is Matt. And we are back once again. This week's album, Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me. Before that, got anything new going on, Matt? It's been since, uh, I think, September. Since we recorded <laughs> it, it's been last time. Not a whole lot new. I mean, picked up a new game or two. Got back into an old game that isn't Dark Souls. So what was the old game? It's a modded version of Diablo 2. And we're digging into the, what, late 90s PC gaming? Yeah. Late 90s, early 2000s, Blizzard PC gaming. Right. So I've been doing my, uh, listen through my entire playlist on my much discussed car flash drive. I started at the band 15 around June or July of this year. I think it was late June. I finally come all the way around back to the beginning of the alphabet, and I listened to some belly today. There you go. Still not too bad. <laughs> yeah. Other than, only thing I did was go, oh man, there's I need to add some more songs to this. I forgot to add this, this, and this to my belly right. playlist, so I can always go back to some belly. All right, before we get into the album, it's our usual match play. This week's Fatal 4-Way. What do you got for us, Matt? All right, so this one was what, Scared? Yep, even though I think for the first half hour of me, like, what was the name of that? Yeah. I kept looking for Scarred instead of Scared. No, I ran into that. I listened <laughs> to some really good Scarred songs, <laughs> right. not by these bands. Oh, well, maybe we should add it to the list. <laughs> so, we got Melvin's, Three Days Grace, Ross, and Mothica. All right. Now we can get into the actual bands. Which one did you listen to first? Uh, I started with Melvin's. Oh, I started with Three Days Grace. Yeah. But we can talk about the Melvin's. Okay. I really like the Melvins. Like it was what I expected from what I've heard of the Melvins. Gotcha. It's a really early Melvin song. Mm-hmm. It's off. I think the Deep Six comp. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Because I mean, I just pulled from my personal library, but I'm thinking it was from that. It's not their best song, but I've heard it a billion times. Right. Spoiler alert: Melvins win. <laughs> I mean, and, yeah. and here's the thing: I've come away with after this week's Fatal Four Way is no longer fair. For me to be able to listen to bands I love on these Fatal 4 Ways. So from now on, if you pick one and it's like, you know what, you're not even going to (laughs) try. I'm going to just go ahead and throw it out and we'll go on to the next one. (laughs) But I can talk about the other bands. I mean, I, I can say that even I picked Melvin's as the winner for this week. I mean, I've seen this band live like three, four times. Mm-hmm. It just It's hard for these other bands to overcome that kind of nostalgia and yeah. just strictly love for a band. But like I said, I can talk the other ones, so why don't we go back to Three Days Grace? Even though we're wasting just everybody's time because we've told them the Melvin's win. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, long run, if we eliminate Melvin's... Okay, I can do that. We can right? do it. If the Melvins are eliminated... If the Melvins are eliminated... Who else would win? Who else... Yeah. Okay. Let's start with Three Days Grace. Okay. So Three Days Grace was the last one I listened to... Okay. Uh, just because I have listened to a good number of Three Days Grace songs. And I was like, well, I don't want to be biased. I want to listen to the other three first and then pick up one that I'd heard a I bunch. I don't even know what I was getting into with this. <clears throat> I'm thinking of a different band. Probably. All together, because I was like, what the fuck? This is kind of heavy. And yep. the, I don't know what band I'm confusing them with, but I was thinking of like some sort of REM-ish ripoff band of some sort. Maybe the Wallflowers is who I was thinking Maybe. of. Maybe. But that's what I mean, like yeah. a band that sounds like the Wallflowers. That was what I was expecting to hear when I turned it on. And it was absolutely not. This is the really sort of overproduced late 90s heavy music. Yes. It reminds me of a very specific time in my life, actually. It was like right when I moved from Barstown to Louisville, this was the bullshit that was on the air. And the bar that me and my uh, roommate would frequent, these were the kind of cover bands they would book. Like, they were playing Three Days Grace and God, who else was around that time? Fucking... (sighs) 
trying to think of a band from that era. I can yeah, picture I, one of them because they had the opening song to OVW Wrestling. God damn it. That's not going to help you at all either. No. Uh, a lot of... Yeah. yeah, which, yeah. Those bands. <laughs> what, is, what band is that? Is that I mean, actually Three Days Grace? That might be Three Days Grace, but it... I'll, so I'll that put doesn't it up really there, like... Like Corn. Yeah, like... Yeah. Corn like was corn. during that time period. Corn was during that time period a lot. What, yeah. Maybe Disturbed. Yep. <laughs> that probably is three days. Later. That's funny. I mean, if not, that's definitely Corn. God damn it. It's going to drive me nuts, that OVW song. Let the bodies hit the floor. That band. Uh, that is Disturbed. That, oh, that is Disturbed? I so I guess really the radio was just playing Three Days Grace and Disturbed. That's what we've come around yeah. to. Oh, and Corn. And Corn. Uh, so, you know, in a way there was some, I did have some nostalgia factor when it comes to this song just because of... Oh, Drowning Pool, actually. Drowning yeah. Pool, there you go. <laughs> Took me a second to rewind there. I was like, wait a minute, back to the 90s. Hang on. So those four bands were on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> Up next was Russ. Oh, though, I don't guess you really got to talk about Three Days of Grace a whole lot. Uh, I mean, again, Three Days of Grace was my, quote, nostalgia, so right. there's not much for... I mean, my, my that time period for me was a lot of listening to whatever my parents were listening to in the car, so I didn't have a... Your parents were rocking out some Three Days of Grace. I guess that's not so bad. Yeah. So, I mean, it would show up occasionally on, like, Laser if I was riding with my brother. I, guess I hate to that sound like from. that old bastard, but, man, it seems like you got really fucking gypped on music. I mean, Ooh, a lot of meatloaf. say gypped, but... <laughs> there was oh, a lot of meatloaf yeah, in my childhood. So. Yeah. Not the food. Also the food, but... <laughs> Specifically the band. Yeah. Oh, man, some just terrible music. It's almost as bad as me having to listen to Christian music in my mom's car all the time. I think I still got your beat on that. Probably. I think you do, yeah. The next one I listened to was Russ. I, I will say when it first started up, uh, the first thing I thought was like, fuck, auto-tune. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was like, oh, great. Uh, pretty sure we talked about it before. I just I do not care for auto-tune. Hey, just... Even- even if you try to subtly goddamn robot auto tune, <laughs> yeah, like even the subtle uses of auto tune, my ears like no, no, that's yeah. auto tune. You can't. I mean, it wasn't overboard like that one share album or anything, oh, but it it's still there. And if I catch traces of it, I don't care for it much. I I've gotten over it a little bit listening to a, more recent music because it's just like, well, they're they're not going overboard anymore, but still, it does bother me. I think there's one rancid song where they use it. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. And then I skipped that song. <laughs> uh, this is a pretty mellow jam. I don't listen to rapper R&B much. And I, I mean, this fits in those genres. Yeah, I'd put it. It was pretty minimalist, which I kind of like that. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot to the song. Some no. real simple. Not a lot of frilly, frilling. Not yeah, a like, of, like a little just simple beat, simple tune. Not something I'd listen to every day, but it comes up randomly yeah. on my playlist. It's not one I'm going to be like, skip. Yeah. I don't know that I'd skip it, but I also probably don't know that I'd seek it out. That's why I'm, That's why I was going to say I wouldn't seek out more. Yeah. Russ. Up next is Mothica. This one honestly felt a lot like Russ. <laughs> yeah. Problem. <laughs> a little heavier. Uh, this one be, I thought it was a little more clubby. Yeah. Like the bass was a little heavier and it seemed like it was more for dancing. I don't know why I think that. It's, with the name Mothica, this isn't the sound I necessarily expected. Oh yeah, no, I, the Mothica. Well, this must be some heavy ass death metal yeah band. like <laughs> goth punk maybe but yeah oh i didn't even think about gothica mothica yeah yeah no i absolutely thought i was in for some just like and it no it's that was the only downside i found this song it was club musicy, but it didn't because club music in my head you start off at one energy level 
And then you just build and build and build and build until everybody's dancing themselves to death. This one doesn't actually ever hit like a super energetic section. No, it's it's that like it the it feels like it's constantly building and then it but just never never gets yeah to the, it just stops. Big. Yeah. Now we throw out the Melvins. <laughs> I don't really want to give Three Days Grace because I didn't really like that song either. I'll go with Russ. I think, I think just because Mothka didn't pay off. On yep. the energetic part. If that had had the payoff, I think I would have gone that route. I mean, again, nostalgic purposes, I would probably... I was going to go Three Days Grace just because they're exactly what I expected of Three Days Grace. Right. I mean, I could be swayed to just go with Three Days Grace so we have a consensus winner. See, I don't think I can convince you, though. I mean, you can't. Like I said, I, it does have a nostalgic effect just because of the time frame. Of yeah. what I would have... I mean, I know I've heard that song before. It's not like it was like, holy crap, what an undiscovered... No, it's definitely the... <laughs> what a deep cut from yeah, Three Days Grace. Yeah, what a deep Three Days Grace. <laughs> like, this was on the radio. I know it was. <laughs> yeah. All right, never mind. We're going to go with Three Days Grace. Yeah. <laughs> Here we are. The double LP. Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me. Why not just Kiss Me, Kiss Me since it's a double LP? Yeah, I don't know. The third one implies that there's going to be a third album. Or a third LP in the double album. Anyways, it's The Cure's seventh studio album and was released in May of 1987. Though it was a double LP, it was released on a single cassette and a single CD. The song Hey You was originally omitted from the CD, as at the time there wasn't enough available space on compact discs. Robert Smith said the album came together quickly, as he would re- finish recording one song, go hang out in the woods, and write another song. He got so kooky. <laughs> so weird. Like... <laughs> Our kooky little goth friend. Uh, it's the last album that Pearl Thompson will play keyboards on and will play guitar on all following albums. Hmm. The album will go on to hit number 38 on the Billboard charts in the U.S. and would end up being a platinum seller in the United States and will be double platinum worldwide. This album is credited with moving The Cure into the mainstream in America. It received a B from The Village Voice, 4 out of 5 stars from Rolling Stone, and 5 out of 5 stars from Blender Magazine. All Music Review said, It's eclectic to be sure, but it's also a mess. Los Angeles Times Review states that for all of its unevenness, it is a welcome step away from the existential gloom monster image that The Cure has cultivated. Q Magazine said that they made a rough, almost shoddy album, and compounded their tactical mistake by making a double album. Despite all that, this is a consistently good and frequently brilliant album. That brings us to track number one, The Kiss. Does this count as using the album title? See, that's, I, I don't think it does. I don't think so either. It's not the it title would, track. It would have to just be Kiss Me. I'd yeah. give them a single Kiss Me. A double Kiss Me as matching up. Yeah, but not... Triple, triple Kiss Me obviously matches. Yeah, but, but The Kiss does not make it... Does not make it... Does not make the title album. Like yes. The, the title track. Which doesn't matter because they usually those at those at the end. Right. He broke that habit long ago, but not his habit of going to the woods. To Fair be alone way. and write songs. Just weird. <laughs> I, I really like the guitar in this song. It's almost like vocals. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it really is. And, and there are a couple of spots. So this has got a really long four minute for a six minute song, four minute intro, something like that. Yep. On the yeah, it's six got and a half minute song. A really good build up. A noisy little groove. Yeah. But in a few, like, during that instrumental intro part, there's a couple of spots that, like, that guitar definitely feels Like it's vocally. talking to you. Yeah, like, yeah. whiny vocally. Yeah. It's like, huh, wait, no, 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 no. It, it get, I felt like it got me really excited about the album. Yeah. He dropped an F-bomb in this song, I noticed. And I, I'm not sure, but is that a first? I... I think, think it may so. be. I don't remember any previous F-bombs. Maybe he snuck a couple by us. <laughs> Fuck. 
I, I was gonna say maybe in the in the like dreary whiny phase when like the lyrics were definitely the background and yeah, right where they were a little more buried maybe yeah, maybe, maybe but yeah, this one was so. like you could definitely hear the took the it F-bomb. seven albums to get an f bomb out man it's pretty good considering I'm pretty sure that they created goth so. <laughs> right uh, song feels kind of angry which is a little totally different from the last album because I didn't think that one felt angry no that was a lot more poppy. Yep. As usual, Cure knows how to do uh, first songs on albums. Yeah, definitely really gets, do. You, gets you in. Yeah, they, they know how to open that door. Up next was Catch. Not angry now. No, this is the... Real mellow. Yeah, and it I, I wasn't ready for the vocal intro. Right. Because I, I gotten so used to the Cure doing that, that instrumental intro for even a short time mm-hmm. before the vocals join. He literally counts you into this song. Like... It's a, <laughs> romantic song I yeah. like like sailing down a river in Venice Italy actually I should have said like sailing down a canal yeah yeah whatever I whatever. got I got the, yeah. that's what this fucking song sounds like leave me alone it does it, it, it's very much that gondola like and it's weird because of that first song the first song got me got me keyed up like oh man I'm gonna be pissed off this album oh never mind nope <laughs> this one should have been called The Kiss it makes a lot more sense or, or Kiss Me even like <laughs> Oh, who knows? This is definitely a catch-22. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> After that was torture. What is going on with this album? This is a very, like, who this was, where, been, Like, this should have followed the kiss. It would have made a lot more sense. Yeah. I really like the bass line in this song. Should a goth band sing about vampire bats? I mean, Doesn't that seem like a super I mean, cliche? Like, I think yes, but only because it's cliche. <laughs> I mean, we're three songs in, and this I just feel like it's already, this album's incoherent. Like, you, yeah. you started me angry, then you're like, oh, let's... We'll lighten the mood. We'll make yeah, it okay. Let me let me rhapsodize to you. And now I'm pissed. Yeah. Like, what is going on? Stop going to the woods. That's like, what's going on. Bad separation. Fourth song, If Only Tonight We Could Sleep. Nice little use of the sitar. Yeah. Uh, again, the catch is the outlier in these first four songs. The, the kids' torture and this song all fit together. Yep. It's mellowish, but it has a dark feel to it. Like, it's not as dark as Torture or Kiss. Right. But it still has a dark feel to it. Yeah. I do think I could listen to this song a whole lot. This is one of them that I, I liked quite a bit. And and I even enjoyed it, and I I mean, I made a note, like, the lyrics started later than I thought they should. Right. But, like, to the point that I even asked myself, is this just the intermin- like an instrumental song? Well, I mean, it would but, be... Wouldn't be above him to no. throw like a pure instrumental four song in. No, and and actually, it would almost make more sense. Like, ha ha, you guys don't know what the fuck's going yeah. on. Yeah, like if you're gonna throw the weirdness <laughs> that is this, what I'm assuming this is just side A of the double LP, right? And plus, you know, it's a double LP, so it's like, well, there's there's bound to be just some throw in experimental crap somewhere, right? Yeah, I didn't expect it in song two, but <laughs> right, yeah, no shit. <laughs> All right, fifth song, Why Can't I Be You, and now we're super upbeat. Yeah. Boy, you could dance to this one. Yeah, this felt like the, like, hey, we're going to try a dance remix of something <laughs> yeah. that we, wait. Actually, I had, as soon as this one came on, I'm pretty sure I'd heard this song before. I'm not sure where. But up to this point, why isn't this, and it's a double, again, it's a double LP. Right. Put this and catch, put them on a separate side or something. Right. Like, a, this the whole lineup so far makes no no sense to me. Uh, real jangly guitars on this one, real quick. I, no, it's a, there's a part in it, and I can't pinpoint exactly when. I swear there's, like, a, a light 
horn, like trumpet, something that plays for a short period in the background. But uh, I, Was it the accordion by any chance? It could have been. Because I made note of that, that there is another, like the accordion piano really add a lot to the yep. song. The, there is a viola or a violin. Yeah, I'm pretty, pretty sure it's a viola because it seemed a little deeper. Mm-hmm. I did put down, if you took out the vo- vocals, it sounds like battle music in a Japanese RPG. No, yeah, I give it that. <laughs> understand what and I'm saying? And I'm pretty sure I actually thought that. Like, I could I could totally <laughs> play, like, Final Fantasy. Today. Yeah, exactly, yeah. you know that? Take that. But it, I don't it, know boss names from JRPGs, nah, so I couldn't make a reference. I there. could list a billion, but it won't matter. Uh, but there's also a, a section in it where they did a vi- mixed vocal track. Yep. I know what you're talking about. That was, yeah. I mean, again, like, when they mix the vocals, because it's, for a second there, I was like, they found a backup that's really close, and I was like, no, that's just him singing two lines, and they mixed the tracks. Gotcha. Yeah. No, but it's, yeah, it's still solid work, like. It, that's the thing, too. It's a good song. Yeah. It really is a really good song. It's just, <laughs> they still, like, were, what, five out, five songs in? Five in, yeah. If you're doing a double LP like this, don't you want some sort of coherent message across the album? Like, I, it just seems like they threw them randomly on here. Yeah. Should have fucking sat down and did, like, my own, did a track what list of this, be. what this should be like. like maybe could, I'll go back and do that. No promises, am, but maybe I'll go back and do that for next episode. I want to say I checked what the side lists, like, what the track lists were for each side. And I think this is song one, side B. Because I want to say that the track lists are, like, tra- side A is four songs, B is four songs, C is five, D is five? Right. Something like that. Or maybe it's four, five, five, five. But I can't remember how many songs are actually on the double LP. Gotcha. Uh, up next was The Snake Pit. This song starts out like a intro from a U2 song in the Blood Sky era. But it never, like... It doesn't... It's not a U2 song. It's just in the beginning. Yeah. It sounds very U2-ish. I mean, it also, like... It sounds like a rock-beaded, like, snake charmer kind of... Oh, yeah. That would tone. Make, make sense for the whole Snake Pit yeah. thing. Uh, a little too psychedelic for my taste which you know i think it's been a complaint i've had for various cure songs uh it somewhat reminds me of black angel death song from the velvet underground but not as noisy and i don't know if you know that song but i don't know the top of my head. oh man i'm such a hipster you probably never even heard of velvet underground <laughs> like i've heard of the- every i mean people know who the <laughs> fuck they are and it's not like black angel death songs a deep cut they only right. have like two albums but i'm saying that's kind of what it reminds me of very dark very gothy and yeah i keep beating this up but like pick a side man yeah either be dark and gothy like the early stuff or shoot for upbeat poppy like head on the door a little insight into the overall it feels like this entire like double lp is an argument as to what sound they want to make right do they want to go and be the goth or do they want to bring it into the pop yeah but didn't all right let's let's talk about that at the end Well, they Sonic 7? I, we just did Snake Pit. 7 or 8. I, either way, here's the one that got cut off the original CD release. Hey You. It sounds like a Go-Go song, and I love it. I swear I heard this song somewhere before, but <laughs> you I may couldn't have. find, like... I think you got ripped off if you bought the original CD. Yeah. I really like this song. No, this is a great... This is, like... Real upbeat drum and bass. Hey, there's a saxophone. Yeah. <laughs> Which, somewhat a little overpowering as it goes along. Yeah. But this really, like, did you guys just like, hey, let's let's fucking write a go-go song? Because it really does sound like a go-go song. And they just like, hey, let's throw some sax on it so we don't get sued by the go-go's. Right? And I can tell, like, usually I can tell if I get really into a song because I take 
less notes. <laughs> right. And I've got like two notes on this one and they're both super great. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I must have gotten real distracted just listening. <laughs> yeah, we do have a habit of complaining more than complimenting, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I, I do kind of wish they'd cut the saxophone back. I thought it got a little bit loud it, for the song. Yeah, there were, yeah. The next one, I, I think this is one of those ones like, well, when you think about The Cure, this is one of those songs people are thinking of. Just like Heaven. It's a great Cure song. And it somewhat stands out on this album so far, I think. I mean, I did like Hey You, but it doesn't... It doesn't. It's not what I think of as a Cure song. It's it's one that is going to be on a best of for the Cure. Like this is one that everyone should hear. Yeah, but I'm going to tell you something right now. Dinosaur Junior's version, their cover of it. Yeah, I think is way better. Huh. I mean, as much as I, I like the Cure's version also, but I think Dinosaur Junior actually like lit it up a little bit more and made a better song out of it. And they didn't really do a whole lot other than I guess add distortion to their guitars and play it a little faster. Right. After that, well, I mean, you didn't really share any thoughts on Just Like Heaven. Yeah, I mean, Just Like Heaven, enjoyable sound. I actually noted this one, like, I got more engaged in the vocals and the lyrics, which for me has always been the bigger thing, but this one kept me more engaged in them than some of the previous songs that maybe I just kind of let the vocals play. Like, Right. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. This is a standout for them. Yep. Absolutely. Hey, you should listen to that Dinosaur Jr. version. It's really good. Uh, after that is All I Want. We should add this to the match play because I'm pretty sure... Uh, God damn! I can see Toad the Wet Sprocket maybe has a song called All I Want. I think so, because I think I've heard it a couple of times. <laughs> it, it's probably, I know that's the chorus of it, because yeah. actually I love that album. Uh, it's the Fear album from Toad the Wet Sprocket. <laughs> I stood across on the bridge one time down by, uh, oh, what's that theater on the river? I know what you're talking about, but I can't think of the name uh, of it. I was too cheap-ass to actually pay for tickets, so I just yeah. went over on the bridge and yeah. watched from there. You could still hear them. It, uh, it was enough. I think tickets were like 25 bucks. I'm like, for Toe the Wet Sprocket? Yeah. I don't think so. But then it was a very outlier album for me during <laughs> that day and age. Like, listening to fucking Toe the Wet Sprocket? You know, like friends get in the car and yeah. shit. Like, throw that shit away. We want more <laughs> minor threat. I, I liked All I Want. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, as usual, I focus on the bass. Uh, the guitar, the way they worked in the intro. Uh, I didn't care for the vocals as much on this one. I just wish he had done something differently, maybe gone for more. I think maybe he was a little too tame on this. Because he can be aggressive with his oh, vocals. Yeah. I think he was just kind of... Yeah, just kind of delivered. Something something to match the guitar and the bass. Because I felt like they were really going for yeah. it. Like, he just... Also, he sings about dogs a lot. He does. I mean, I even made note, like, the lyrics for this one don't fit the vocal delivery. Yeah, it's it, yeah. I don't know. Like he, he could have just been more get get growly on yeah. occasion. Yeah, I mean, I know it's not something you're known for, but you're doing all kinds of other weird shit on this album. Yeah, why not? If you're gonna make an experimental double LP, just <clears throat> throw shit at the wall sometimes. Hot, hot, hot. Is this the first Cure song to open with vocals? Not technically, because earlier we had Change. I think opened with vocals. Oh, did he, did the, okay. he did the count in and. Well, speaking of. Hot, hot, hot. This reminded me of the red hot, hot, hot chili peppers in the beginning. Yeah. Real funky. Like early chili peppers, too. Not like that under the bridge shit you fucking noobs jumped in on. (laughs) 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 I'm talking mother's milk, bro. (laughs) And, you know, is he being sarcastic with his vocals on this song? I think it felt like he was making fun of the fact that it is a funk, funkadelic song. Yeah. Is he? I didn't listen I to the actual no. words, but just the way he was singing, like, are you making fun of the fucking song? I think, I think this song is literally like a parody of the funk sound That's what I mean. Overall? Like, <clears throat> so maybe, this is what, 87? Yeah. 
<clears throat> Pretty sure Chili Peppers would have been around in 87. Hell, my Mother's Milk, I think, maybe came out in 86. So maybe he's like, you fucking assholes. <laughs> I'll show you how to do this yeah. and make fun of you while I'm doing it. I hope that's the truth. I don't know if it is, but we can pretend like it is. Hot, hot, hot was the Cures Robert Smith making fun of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. There we go. That's fact. That is that is the fact that we're giving you. <laughs> and you only get facts here on Disc Integration. Damn right. Tell your friends. All of them. <laughs> All one of them, you fucking losers. <laughs> All right. Uh, one more time. Oh, man. Now that I said it out loud, there's another match play in there. Yeah. Uh, what's it like? Fucking, damn. It's going to drive me nuts. One more time. Is it like Richard Smith or some shit? Maybe. I don't know. Hey, we're not going to do that one. No. And say, we can't do ones that are linked to... There's nothing that says we can't. We make the rules. Except we have the list already. Come on, Tim. <laughs> Real dreamy sound on that one? Yeah. Uh, there's I... either a fife or a... A deep version of the flute, or <laughs> yeah. a, like a somehow they muffled a flute. I don't. <laughs> uh, real fantasy novel sort of music. Yeah, yeah. Real, real groove to it. Very powerful vocals, though. Yeah, I think I, when I was listening to the song, I, like when I write fantasy novel about a song, it, it's not me being super positive. That's me being kind of a smartass. But the vocals really take this up to another level. So, in the end, I really like it. And the vocals, like, they do a good job of adding vocals, like, in their standard sound. But this one, you know, he, like, seamlessly came in mm-hmm. to this to this song. Like, it's not too bad. Not too shabby. Honestly, the more we talk about these dumb songs, I think maybe in my overall, I'm a little more harsh than I needed to be. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> like cockatoos. No, I do not like them. I... No. I don't like any type of parrots. Annoying ass birds. Were there bird sounds in the intro to this song? I think there might have been. Hey, yeah, because this might have been the one. I didn't put it down because this came this came out before, but on the the uh, Crow soundtrack, which we've talked about on both of our podcasts about bands for some stupid ass reason. <laughs> A lot of crossover with that Crow soundtrack for some reason. Uh he, uh, they also use that, so I don't know if it's like a keyboard that's imitating birds, but the... Yeah. Yes, I know what you're talking about, yeah. I didn't put it here just because, like, well, I don't want to talk about the Crow soundtrack again, but here we are. I apparently really enjoyed the Crow soundtrack. It's a... Uh, I wrote down... This is more of a composition than a song. Yeah. It's not... There's no, like, verse, chorus, verse to this. Like, you're not singing along to it. No. There's a couple of parts that I'm pretty sure are verse, verse, chorus. Not even that. Like, it's just not something you really sing along to. So, but And it's just the right length. Yep. Like, it was edging on the me of going, all right, skip this. But I did like it overall, because I'm okay with a composition instead of a song on occasion. Yeah, I think so. I've gotten okay at actually detecting when they end a side when it comes to The Cure. Pretty sure this is the end of side C. Is it? Oh, yeah, we're getting here to the end. Up next is Icing Sugar, which is kind of an oxymoron, because icing is just sugar. Yeah. But you're not here for my cooking tips. Drums come in hot on this one. Yeah. And then the sax is back, and like, real determined. Yeah, oh, yeah. They are boosting here. And, you know, I wrote this down while I was, like, just listening to it. Robert Smith needs to come in real intense on this. Yeah. It takes two minutes before the vocals come in, and then he's a lot more subdued than I would have liked. Yep. This is another one on here where I'm thinking, man, you just, you got the vocals wrong on this one. Like, the music I liked, the vocals just don't, they're just, just not matching what the what's being brought in the music. 
Yeah, I think even after a couple of, like a couple of listens of this song, I just kind of ignored the vocals. Right. Because it like the the vocals didn't fit for me. I I mean it's not I, they don't like ruin the song. No. It's just like, eh, but up. they don't necessarily yeah. add to it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they don't subtract, but they're not adding. Although I will say. I was not prepared for the weird, like, music box jingle at the very oh, end. right, yeah. That was like, uh... uh what was that? What, what happened? <laughs> Who knows? Uh, maybe you wanted to sound like an ice cream truck. I guess, maybe. Even though they don't serve icing on ice Any cream Any ice cream that I'm aware of. Maybe you should have called it ice cream sugar, because, oh no, that doesn't exist. Ice cream salt exists. Yes. Yes. Perfect girl. What a happy little pop-infected song. Yeah. I hate it. <laughs> it had a really abrupt ending. Like, <laughs> it did. I, I just didn't. Ew. Yeah, from the get-go, it just didn't work for me. This one actually goes against the grain of my... I write little notes, very few notes on songs that I enjoyed, because I wrote very few notes on this song. Yeah, no, that mine too, just like, well, but I don't it, care for it. That's yeah. enough. I don't need to say any more about it. It's another upbeat song. The lyrics were okay. The delivery was standard for their upbeat music. But about the most jarring part, attention-grabbing part, was that it just kind of stopped. That it just stopped. <laughs> like, Man, that's that's not really a positive thing to say about any song. No. A Thousand Hours is up next. Uh, I describe this as dreamy pop. And I think this is an actual genre exists because... YouTube told me it does. It's not necessarily what I call, like I would describe, which I have described, some Cure songs as bouncy pop, but it is, sort of. Uh, this one, again, is one where I thought the there's not a lot of vocals in it, but when they're in there, there's a lot of power to them. Yeah. So why aren't you using these type of vocals for some of these other songs, which I think, I actually, I like the music more. Yeah, and he's got that, I, I mean, it, it, I guess you could call it the dreamy sound to the vocals. Yeah. That more, like, drawn-out, melodic mm-hmm. move through the vocals that just... I mean, I, I did really like this one. Yeah. Maybe that's part of what he's doing here with this album. Like, well, the music's a little weaker on this one, so I'll up my game in the vocals. The music's right. really strong on this one. I can half-ass it on the vocals. Right. <laughs> oh, man. Shiver and shake. A little rougher edge on that bass on this one, I yeah. thought. Had a little more distortion to it. Yep. A little more speed compared to previous songs on the album. I mean, it's got a lot of energy. But it, it's also called Shiver and Shake, which is kind it, of like that's... Any rock band could have a song called Shiver and Shake. It yep. just needs to be energetic. And this was. I mean, it kind of had that upbeat, almost dancey vibe. Like, Yeah. You can get up and fucking shiver and shake your ass to this one. Yeah. I, overall, it's okay. It's yeah, not, I don't know that I like it's it. It's not great, but... I remarked that it it felt like a different vocalist. I know it wasn't. Right. But his sound was... God forbid Smith let anybody else sing. But yeah, no, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't fit his vocal style when the vocals were there. Not that the vocals didn't fit the song. (laughs) Right. Like, vocals still fit, but it just didn't sound like the standard what I was used to hearing. Right. Gotcha. And double LP, man, you gotta bust out some new chops. Apparently. Hey, and let's see if we differ on this. This is what I have as the last song, Fight. I have Fight as the last song. We missed one song that I had earlier. Oh, really? Yes. Huh. Well, we might have to go back and discuss that one, but let's talk about Fight. Okay. The intro reminded me of another song, and I tried for a long time to think of what it was, and I just couldn't do it. I think there was one in an earlier album, too, where I had that issue. Where it reminded me of some 80s band. I was like, I wouldn't think of that. Where I thought it was like Dire Straits or some bullshit like that. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, this one seemed really cheesy, especially with the clap percussion. Do you know yeah. what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. Which is too bad, because I did like the keyboards themselves in this song. Since I couldn't think of the actual song it reminded me of, you know what generally this fucking thing reminds me of? The Batman Forever soundtrack. I don't know if you remember the Batman Forever I, soundtrack. I do. I believe that one's the one that has, like, Seal, Kiss by a Rose. Yep, yep. That might be the one that had a fucking Kiss Me, Kill Me, Hold Me, Thrill Me, or whatever from U2. Right. That soundtrack is garbage. So, <laughs> if you if you remind me of that soundtrack, that's not a nice thing for me to say. Uh, I mean, I did, I did remark this definitely feels like the last song. It does, but you know, it's sort of like, like, well, we're gonna torture you with the last yeah. song. It, not it's in a, not like, their good standard. Way. It's their. It's not their standard. I think last generally song. with I think with every other album, first song great, last song at least like, and not necessarily a great song, but it helps you digest. The rest of everything you yeah. just heard as you go out yep. from the album. It's, it's that it's that standard... Like it's a good closer. Yep. Yeah. Hey, it's over. Go home. Don't forget to turn off the lights. Hope you enjoyed everything in between. Yep. Yep. And I didn't feel like this one did that. So what was the one that, that we missed? How Beautiful You Are. No, I had How Beautiful You Are. Oh, okay. Maybe I just skipped it while we were talking. Yeah, maybe we got too into talking about... Oh, like, yeah. I think I did skip from Why Can't I... Probably because I just saw the word you. Well, let's go back and talk about How Beautiful You Are. Another upbeat one? Yeah. <laughs> you know what? This whole fucking album's uneven. Yeah, we exactly. we reviewed it in the wrong our, order. Our review, we could have listened to this album on shuffle and still reviewed it probably... Fine. So, based on what we'd already talked about, so since this one was upbeat again, I started to feel like Kiss, Torture, and If Only Tonight We Could Sleep were the outliers. Yeah. And I really like this one. It's the type of Cure song I like to hear. Is uh, it? It's, it's a good Cure song. It is. It's the, like, bouncy thing that I expect out of the Cure. It, it felt like the... I mean, I, I even remarked, it. it's what I would have expected as a Cure song, only knowing what I knew of the Cure before right. this. Like... Only knowing, like, Friday I'm in Love and songs like that. This is what I came to expect of The Cure. <laughs> it's too bad we skipped this one, because I always put, also put, Quit jerking my emotions around, Robert Smith. Do you want me to feel like slitting my wrists? Or do you want me to dance and fall <laughs> yeah, in love? Right? <laughs> <laughs> but, on this one I will say, although the sound is upbeat, if you listen really close to the lyrics, some of them are still pretty dark. Are they? Oh, I'm sure they are, but I don't pay attention to lyrics so much as yeah. the sound of the lyrics. Yep. All right, man, I'm glad we caught that. Whew, I don't know if we could have. <laughs> that might have changed my whole opinion on this album. So here we are. The overall. Would you like to go first, Matt? I don't even know. This album was um, mixed up. Incoherent and all over <laughs> the fucking place is yep. what I put. You know what? Generally, like double albums are just a bad idea. Yeah. Uh, I can't think... I wrote down, because I do this before I do my research for the albums. I can't think of a single band that's ever pulled this off. I believe the White Album from the Beatles is a double album. I am not a Beatles fan. I have listened to every Beatles album. I still don't care for them. So I'm sure someone can make the argument of the White Album from the Beatles pulled it off. Or Sgt. Pepper, one of those fucking things. But in general, 
No, man, these double albums never fucking work. Honestly, I think this one could have. Right, yeah, like we were talking about they earlier. Would have re- like, if they would have shuffled it different. And maybe that's what we should work on. Fixing this album for the year. <laughs> just let's, send it them like, this is what it This is been. the order that you should have put these tracks in so that this album works. Because I almost think, I'm not going to get into track by track how I would do it, but because I'm pretty sure I read, and I didn't put it in there, and I should have, that this was... Uh, Sort of like a tribute to his wife, girlfriend, or whatever. I mean, like a lot of these lot of the... songs had to do with their relationship. Okay, uh, yeah, no, I and they, I believe they met when he was more in those dark, gothy years. Maybe start the album off with some of the darker tracks, yeah, which they... he kind of did in the beginning. Yeah, and then you grow to the and then you move to the yeah, yeah, especially if this is some tribute to your girlfriend slash wife, whoever the fuck it is now. Yeah, like hey, here's where I was ready to kill myself. Then I met you and I started to feel a little better. And here's where we're at now. I'm so ecstatic and I love you so much. Like build that yeah. way. I just don't understand what they're trying to do here. When I started reading the reviews when I was doing research, like, all of them mentioned this, though. They all mentioned that this album is a mess in some sense. Or yeah, like, it's, it's confusing. Or they mentioned that, man, it's hard, it's hard to pull off a double album. But you know what? They still were throwing four and five stars yeah. at this album. No, I, I mean, even incoherently organized, I would still give this album... A pretty good, like... Well, we'll get to final scores. Yeah, in a but I, I mean, I, I would still say it was it better than most double LPs I've heard, and I can't even identify what a double LP is until today, so... Right. Well... Double album, I just use the term double LP, because that's yeah. a holdover. But either way, like, I don't know that I could identify what a double album, double... Like, and the only one that released with In My Lifetime that I can think of off the top... Oh, shit. I just thought of one that is actually really good. Well, just great. Minutemen's Double Nickels on the Dime is really good. I don't know if that quite counts since all their songs are like a minute, minute and a half. Yeah. So I guess I can think of one other double LP that's good. You fucking got me. <laughs> uh, the other one that I could think of that like a lot of fanfare and re- pre-release stuff was uh, was it Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness from the Smashing Pumpkins? Maybe. Yep, it's a double album. I know that. I just can't remember if that's the exact title. Yeah. That's the only one I could remember that, like, within my lifetime, like, ooh, this band's releasing a double album. Yeah. It didn't fucking work out, because that album's not that great either. Didn't say <clears throat> no matter how many times my 17-year-old self forced themselves to listen to it to convince themselves it was a great album. <laughs> I don't know, it just, it just seemed so lost and all over the place, and you know... I think there were at least two other albums where I was like, well, you know, it's okay. They're just trying to find that new sound for themselves. Yeah, and I can get that. They're fully mature now. Yeah. They should, after Head on the Door, you should know exactly who you are as a band because that is where you fucking nailed it. Yeah. I will I will actually put a note in here that it took me way too long and listening to this album at least twice or more to realize that the um, album cover is lips. Oh, well, I mean, I think it's fairly obvious, but it was one of those fuzzy covers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, they didn't make it, like, obvious obvious. No, like, it, you're it's not like a, a com- super close-up of, of lips, but... You're not a complete dumbass for not noticing. <laughs> Notice I threw in complete. Yes. <laughs> I will admit, dumbass. All right, so are we ready to talk about that final score? I think so. I'm going to tell you mine right now. One star. This is the worst Cure album I've had to listen to. Even though we've gone back and I'm like, this song's good, this song's good, this song's good. That, to me, doesn't make a good album. No. There's plenty of good songs on here. This is not a good album. I would I would recommend almost 
I, I mean, I will. I will recommend every other album we've listened to over listening to Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me. I mean, like a 1.5, maybe? Oh, I thought you were going to go higher a minute ago. Like, no, no. There are I think I gave a 2 here. to at least one album. I'm like, well, if I gave a, one of these other albums a 2, I have to go 1. Because I was originally going to go 2, but I just I don't feel that way. Like, No. Like, there are songs on this album that I would give a higher total to. Yep. If we were just rating the songs, they would get high marks. Yep. But I'm writing an album. Yep. And you get one. An album in as whole, it doesn't... Should never win double LP, man. Yeah. It's, it's not worth it. No. Split. It might have made more sense as two separate albums all around. Probably would have. Yeah, it probably would have. Instead of torturing me for... How long did you say last? You knew the time. 74 and a half minutes. Something like that. 74 and a half minutes of my life. <clears throat> gone. That doesn't count the fact that I probably listened to it four or five times. I was say, that's, that's at minimum. That's only if you listen to it once. <laughs> yeah, if you just listen to it once. Is that about it on our closing thoughts for Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me? I think that is our closing thoughts on Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me. Well, everybody, I hope you enjoy our double LP episode, because this is way longer than we've ever I had I was going to say, this is the longest we have well, ever recorded. Yeah. What do we have for next episode's match play? Oh, before you, while you're looking for that, uh, so what album is next? It's the namesake of our podcast, Disintegration, which I'm expecting kind of great things because when I came up with the name for this podcast, Disintegration is the album that came to my mind first for The Cure. So it has to be the greatest album, right? I hope so. <laughs> I do too. But if the Head on the Door turns out to be their greatest, I'm okay with that too. So what's that next match play? Oh, I'll give you two options without telling you the band. The Anthem or Black Friday. Oh, man. Only because I think I know the Anthem. Is the Anthem leftover crack by any chance? Nope. No. Well, since we're, what, a week away from Thanksgiving? Yeah. Let's do Black Friday. Okay. So that is Black Friday by Steely Dan. <laughs> Iron Sheik. And Rebecca oh, Black. Oh, man. <laughs> who, who was the last band? Rebecca Black. Oh, man. <laughs> so, <clears throat> going forward, only because I want Matt to actually listen to Black Friday and talk about it from Iron Sheik, I am limited to choosing between Steely Dan and Rebecca Black. Yes. These are the new rules for the match play, since I am a dirty fucking Homer-ass cheater. <laughs> I'd say a lot of our match plays who are come up with by you thinking of the title of a song of a band you knew. <laughs> yeah, we did kind of build off like, oh, I bet there's multiple versions of this song. Me flipping through my list, but it's just, it's an embarrassment. I have shamed my family with the way I have treated this game we came up with, and I am embarrassed of myself. So we're going we're gonna to fix this crap, and I'm going to quit being such an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Anything else, Matt? Uh, no, I think that's it. All right, let's go disc. Please follow us on Twitter at Frisky Discs. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find your podcasts.